0: again on another beautiful day and another great guest excited for this one um of course all my guests are great but this guy he made me laugh so hard uh and i'll tell the story in more detail but it was probably the hardest i've laughed in 2019 so i think that's a (laughs) that's pretty hard to do too because it takes a lot i've seen so many comedians and you know sometimes it just you see so much of the same thing over and over it's uh refreshing to see somebody do something different and uh You know, they say this guy's a comedian's comedian. So Dan Wilbur, we're going to have him on very shortly. He was on, uh, he's been in a bunch of comedy festivals. He's been in College Humor. Remember those uh, YouTube videos? Uh, He's written for the Onion News Network. He's been on Independent Film Channel, MTV. Uh, And again, he's got his own stand-up and Instagram videos. The Instagram videos, the thing that made me laugh so hard. And I'll talk more about that. He's also written two books. Uh, We'll talk about that. Uh, He's done plays. This guy's like a real renaissance man. So very exciting. Um, Some other things just about my own podcast that I probably should talk about. Um, I think hopefully soon we are going to be getting a new theme song. I finally got somebody to write one for me. Um, So I hope that happens. And if not, then I will probably just switch it because I'm, yeah, I never really was a big fan of that theme song. I just want to have something. Um, But uh, I think I've got one coming that's going to be, pretty decent. Uh, and we'll use that for a while until I can get, you know, uh, just keep upgrading it, I guess, is what I'm going to do with that. Uh, also, I was on a, another podcast. Uh, I was on my my co-host from the Chuck and Josh podcast. He has a solo podcast, the Josh and Friends podcast. Um, I was a guest on that one. It's, uh, it's the second episode. Um, I recommend checking that out. Uh, watch the YouTube video. It's about an hour. And we talk about our Halloween costumes, which is always something that's Uh, really popular among our friends and family Uh, looking at our Halloween costumes over the years. We've had some really good ones Um, and I give more of the credit to Josh on, on those things. So we'll talk about that. And you watch that YouTube video, you can actually see the costumes we had and there were some great ones. We had the a team golden girls uh, weekend at Bernie's. I mean, some of these were, were when we did them, they were very original and then, even the ones that maybe weren't the most original, we we nailed it when we did it. So, and we've got obviously another one uh, coming up this Halloween, and we'll probably keep that tradition going for as long as we can. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Check out uh, also, you know, like I said, I've always sold this before, but we have the Chuck and Josh podcast. There's like over fifty episodes of that. Um, I think I'm on episode what is this thirteen of uh, my podcast. So there's always a. Uh, more episodes. I'm looking forward to having more musicians, more comedians. We're gonna to try to get some more. Um, still trying to get some sports people. It's been a little harder. Uh, it's just just like high school, you know. It's like I uh, the jocks don't want to hang out with me for some reason. So I'm gonna work on that and um, also try to work on getting some more uh, actors and actresses. Also a female. I think that's that's one of my other goals for this show. I've not. I've only had males. So. Oh. I don't want to be perceived as sexist, (laughs) but also women are interesting too. So I do want to get some, uh, some females on the show, uh, possibly, uh, some female comedians, uh, or actresses or musicians too. There's uh, some great in all those categories. Okay. We have Dan Wilbur on the phone. As you know, he's a comedian. Uh, he's a writer. He's an actor. He's done all sorts of things. So please welcome Dan Wilbur. Dan, how you doing?
1: Hi, I'm, I'm, doing great great I'm happy to be here virtually
0: virtually yeah yeah no. i'm happy to
1: be i'm happy to be in my own office honestly I'm yeah. happy to be in new york yeah
0: isn't that what i have didn't have been a, go anywhere for this yeah it would have been a long flight to fly to phoenix i mean i would have appreciated it but that would have been you you did kind of go above and beyond as a guest though because you said oh where's your uh, podcast i'd like to listen to it and i'm like wow okay because i don't think anyone's ever asked me that before so that was pretty cool
1: well, if there's one thing you should know about me, it ha- it's that I have a ton of spare time. <laughs> lot.
0: Okay, well...
1: So I'm I'm always, always ready to listen to a, a podcast. Oh,
0: well, that's about good. About comedy? Come on. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, so speaking of spare time, uh, you grew up in Cleveland. Did you have a lot of spare time in Cleveland?
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's Cleveland's... All, uh, the Midwest just has space and time. I don't know what... <laughs> phoenix is like but you have space and then you're like when's it gonna end that's mostly the vibe of cleveland is you're like i'm in a city but there's no one here it's changed (laughs) a little bit since i left but i remember like sometimes i would walk down the street and i lived in downtown cleveland and i wouldn't see anyone else for blocks i would see cars go by but i was like wow i just have like a whole city to myself (laughs) and uh i treated it that way
0: huh it's kind of like that Will Smith like movie. No,
1: where, you got you to gotta live like no one's watching.
0: Yeah. That's well, so you sense. actually, don't say that. you started in the suburbs. And so that was probably a lot different than when you moved into the inner city. Then it was kind of more of the city life, right?
1: Yes. Well, yeah. So it was like, <laughs> I mean, I've never really thought about this, but since we started here, that, that the suburbs are just all about space. It's like all for you, big wide avenues and hmm. trees and everyone's got a yard and then you move into inner city cleveland and everyone still has a yard it's just slightly smaller mm. it just it didn't prepare me for for how small my first apartment would be in new york city oh, where there's actually yeah. a space crunch
0: right so. yeah no when i went to new york <sighs> and i visited that's one thing i noticed you know having lived in uh arizona and then going to vegas these giant hotel rooms and then you go to new york and a lot of the restaurants They don't even have a seating area. It's just like, here's your food. Get out of here. Like we don't have, we can't afford like benches and chairs and stuff. So that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's an anomaly when you go, it's not an anomaly in New York at least, but if you go into a Starbucks in New York and they don't have a bathroom, you're like, this is an issue guys. That's the only reason I'm in here. (laughs) <laughs> drinking coffee
2: right but right. when they
1: don't have the there are there are certain starbucks in new york city do not have a bathroom because of space concerns it's not because they don't want to right. take care of a bathroom it's because yeah. they bought a space that's too small and it can't fit a bathroom it used to be a you know a tiny store that only sold stamps or whatever you know new york's full of stuff like that
2: right
0: so are you now are you a fan? I don't know if you know this comedian, but when I saw your comedy, he reminded me uh you reminded me of this comedian. Um are you familiar with Nathan Fielder or the Nathan for You show on Comedy Central?
1: <laughs> I am familiar. Oh, are you? Okay. Show. Yeah. The, your, your comedy Starbucks
0: kind of reminds. Yeah, the Dumb Starbucks. Right. Yeah. But your comedy kind of reminds me of that style. Or like what are your other uh comedy influences growing up? Like what kind of shows or comedians were you really into?
1: Uh, I was really into Chappelle. Uh, I came out, I, you know, the story I like telling at Thanksgiving to remind my parents how they messed me up, because that's what Thanksgiving is for, uh-huh. uh, by the way. <laughs> You're just supposed to go, right. you eat the free food, and you say, my penance, or, no, your penance for me paying to fly home is that you get to hear these stories from my childhood that you don't even remember, <laughs> that, that, that don't you think don't affect you. But right. guess what? the The chickens have come to roost, yes, is what I say to my mom. So uh, the story I like to tell is that I was a weird kid in Cleveland, again, bored, spare time. There's a theme here. Mm-hmm. and uh, and I would read the Cleveland scene. I would go to the back and I would see who was coming to town so I could see like when there were concerts and stuff. Sure, I wanted to see bands. like I'd go, oh, I was, you know, Six years old, looking, going like Green Day is coming to the Agora, and then you know they're probably playing a bigger venue. No one's gonna fact check that. Anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, Green Day's coming. <laughs> and when I started to think about comedy seriously, uh, the biggest guy, like the guy that I just loved, who was touring, was I watched The Daily Show all the time, and I would just. Love, I would just wait around for Louis Black to come on. Oh, I love him. A specific tone and a specific angle. And Back in Black was my favorite segment. And it was semi-political, but, you know, you're a kid who doesn't follow the news. You could understand him. Sure. He
2: was just, just all about that anger. At, yeah. Like
1: yeah. A, a dumb news story. Right. Yes. And when you're, when you're a boy from the suburbs, anger really connects. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? So, uh, yeah. Uh, yep,
2: it's Nirvana
1: and, uh, and Lewis Black. So I looked in the paper, and I saw that Louis Black was coming to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Improv. And I showed it to my parents, and I said, here's what you can do. You can go and tell me if it's too gross for a kid my age— and then I'll go with you. I called ahead and like <laughs> made sure that they allowed minors to come in if they're accompanied by an adult. And they said yes. So, let's let's do this. You guys go on Friday night and then Saturday night one of you takes me again if it's not like just full of gross stuff. And of course, Loose Black isn't he's not dirty, Mm-mm. he just swears a lot. Sure. And I have this very fond memory of my parents coming home. They had a blast. And they said, that was like the best thing we've done. You know, thank you for telling us. Uh, you're not allowed to go. (laughs) And then the rest of the week, every time we sat down at the dinner table, they would repeat Lewis black jokes to me, including the swear words, What? uh, you know, at the dinner table, they would do the whole routine as they could remember it. They would reconstruct (laughs) it for me and tell me the bits. And I was just the sad, I had to be 11 years old because we were still in the suburbs. Okay. And, uh, I remember that very distinctly. That was my that's my origin story. That's my Joker
0: <laughs> origin. <laughs> okay. Wow. So you <laughs> use that pain and you harness it. My idea. Yeah. What's that? They they stole your but you use that pain and you harness that into re- creating your own comedy, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I use the pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would say my biggest problem now is is FOMO and the fear of ah. missing out and you know.
2: That's interesting. I'm always worried
1: everyone's having a fun party without me, and do you? But do you find I'm that that wasting gets my time at home?
0: Really? See, I feel like the older I get, the less I care. I'm like, yeah, uh, I've been there. I've done a party. I've done. I've done everything. There's nothing that's going to shock me. I feel like I'm not missing out on anything. You feel like that? It's gotten
1: e- oh, easier, well, or,
0: or the opposite? You feel like? It's, yeah, I don't getting... want
1: to hurt your. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but uh, you know, come to New York some more. You'll you'll start to feel it.
0: Oh yeah, but I was there for like a week, and it was amazing. I did everything. I did the Statue of Liberty, Central Park. Oh, we did like all the touristy stuff. It yeah. was it was amazing. Um, but so best you you said uh, you're quoted as saying the best job you ever had was at a bookstore, but then you quit because you thought you should be writing your own books.
1: Well, no, I was quoted on <laughs> <laughs> someone else's podcast.
0: Probably, yeah, I think that's what I
1: <laughs> ah. I just no one's ever done research on me. So oh. this is uh very exciting. I know that's <laughs> true. Other comics have said that on your podcast cuz I did the research.
2: Oh, um, look at you. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, to so listen to your see. Yeah. See? And wow. now it's become uh are we allowed to swear on here? I forgot. Yeah, that.
0: yeah, you can swear. I just I the only thing I only really have is I don't talk politics, so I just if you start talking I'm just going to Oh. That's my only th- like I don't really Well, I was
1: just going to use <laughs> I was just going to say that the circle jerk is complete. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no, you can you say go.
0: circle jerk. The only
1: thing. <laughs> that's apolitical.
0: A, a yeah. No, the only, uh, the, I did have a guy swear. I did, and I told him, I go, I had to edit out some of the stuff, the stories you told because he got, he got kind of weird. And I was like, I thought it was kind of funny, but I was like, I know some of my friends and family listening might not appreciate it. So that's the only time I've ever. Had to actually edit out some of the stuff on my podcast, but no, for the well, occasional swear words,
1: If I say anything weird, you can go ahead and bleep it, no. and uh, you know I will, no. I will never think I'm never going to listen to this. So,
0: no. uh, oh, what you're not going to listen to your I own? I did episode? my
1: work. Yeah,
0: no, I think uh, I think it'll, you'll be fine. I, I I did a lot of uh, homework on you. Watch your stand up, and it's you're pretty clean actually.
1: Yeah, I mostly try to be clean. I I mostly try if especially on the internet because uh, because you can say whatever you want it's just be- become trite to jump over the line for the sake of itself
0: I right think. exactly
1: uh, even though I started by telling you that one of my favorite guys is is Lewis black and I think Carlin even said like he's one of the best because he's using the sledgehammer he said that mm-hmm. about Kinnison but he also yeah. uh, he also gave a nod to Lewis black it's well, a certain point and it's that, right. yes it's so over the top so over the top so so you'll see if yeah if you looked at my instagram it's it's clean joke clean joke clean joke there's no reason to swear there's no reason to swear here there's no reason to swear here and then you'll get to one that's just like within the first minute <laughs> within the first minute you've heard every swear word and every yeah. disgusting thing that could ever be
0: right well yeah. and lewis black i mean he he wasn't he was more about angry and delivery. He was on the Daily Show, so he couldn't be too dirty. But um, yeah, though I think the one dirty joke that you had that I thought was really funny was the farmer daughter, farmer's daughter one. That was that was that was a great one. Right, and that's on your Instagram for pe- people yeah. who haven't, uh, who don't know who you are. Definitely go to his Instagram. You could even pause this and check out his jokes on Instagram. Um, but anyway, so going back to the yes. to the bookstore, you thought you should write your own books. You wanted to be a writer, so then you got into comedy writing. I don't know what the order of it was, but. Um you wrote for the Onion which I thought was really cool. I tried to google like Dan Wilbur, the Onion I couldn't find any specific so do you not get like a byline with those kind of articles or how does that work
1: I wrote for the ONN on IFC so when they tried to make a TV show
0: mm-hmm. that first
1: season okay uh, I wrote and they bought they greenlit I think uh it's sort of a a harsh a hard process um you write at least 25 ideas a week Okay. that are so salaried. And then it was like 25 ideas a week. We'll tell you if we green light anything so that you know what kind of things we're looking for, for this TV show.
2: Mm. And
1: I got it a couple every week. Uh, and then I don't know if they ever used even any of them because oh. I didn't see the whole show and I only saw bits and parts, but um, they, that was, uh, to answer your question, it, it's a little more of a mess than you'd like to believe, oh. is that I I knew I wanted to do stand-up, and I knew I wanted to come to New York, and I did both of those things, and I came to New York thinking, I'm going to make sure I have a solid 20 minutes so that I can get road work and that I can get you know, I can, I can open for somebody if I have a solid 20 minutes. Cause I knew I had a solid 10 minutes. I knew I could send a clip by the end of college because I started in college. I did it for four years. By the time I got to New York, I had like, Oh, this is a really punchy joke, 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 all in a row stuff about me. I could do this at a club or I could do this at a show and not feel embarrassed. Um, And when I got to New York, I met a bunch of people, uh, and I started writing uh, comedy, paid some tiny amount to do jokes about video games for this website called The Minus World, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, mm. and then they all moved to GameSpy, and then they all moved to like Vox or something, I don't know, they kept moving around, with mm. all these editors, mm. and I I knew an editor who let me write jokes about video games, and then... Within that year, uh, the the Onion just popped up like somebody just you know gave me the email and said send send your stuff to the Onion, here's how you do it and uh, and I think the the editor of the video games website was (laughs) the husband of someone who was looking for the writers at the Onion. So my you know it's all luck. Okay. Uh, Hmm. uh, I had a great who you know basically right. But I'm uh-huh. just saying that it was like this weird sort of the planets aligned and mm. my, my work got sent to the top of the stack because, um, because this woman had seen my work before. Yeah. And, and so she liked you she got the package she Said, Oh, I know this guy. Okay. I know this guy. Yeah. That's great. And then you got
0: paid and for so it even. I had no,
1: I had no plans. Yeah. I had no plans to really write. Um, when I got out of school.
0: Okay. But you got paid for that even regardless whether they used it, right? It was salary you said. Yes. Okay, that's cool.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. If you care about those kind of brass tacks, the the Onion right. really is a place where they pay per idea. I think
2: still. Oh. Okay. Uh,
1: they have a staff, obviously, and they they get paid a normal wage. But if you were a contributor, there's a lot of like send us just send us as many ideas as you can because we never know what's going to get killed or what they've done. It's been so long. Right. They've existed for so long. There's so many that they might just say no to because we already did it. We did it in nineteen ninety eight. How do you feel now? <laughs> you goof.
0: Yeah. And then so then I uh, remember those like those those like kind of sarcastic e cards from a few years back. You wrote for that it's like some e cards is what the company's called. And you wrote for that company as well, right?
1: Yes. I worked there as the e cards editor for a little over a year. Uh maybe maybe longer. I'm not sure how long I was the sole e cards editor. I worked under some people, oh okay, and then did they you moved on. so did you come up with I, some of the i I moved up the ranks
0: oh okay, did you come up with some of those those e cards like which ones were yours?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh really look at twenty fourteen to twenty fifteen I forget I think there was something uh some dumb stat you could look at when yeah. when they when they gave us our what do you call it? Like an author profile because we had to write articles too. Mm. And we would sometimes write funny articles We sometimes write about the news and make it funny. But I also was the person posting all the e-cards. So I can't tell specifically how many hits my writing got, but I always tried to get one in every day, even though my bosses were always like, you're the editor now. You don't have to come up with like you know, 20 Uh, ideas every day. And I was like, yeah, but I came here to write jokes. So I'm going to sit down at least in the morning for an hour and try to write a joke that's topical or new that nobody else submitted because we were looking for, you know, we have 600 cards about Father's Day because everyone needs a Father's Day card. We're never going to run out of ideas on that as long as we're not repeating the same thing over and over. So I would come in the week before father's day with the intention of getting like five or six father's day cards. And they'd be like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, yeah, but I want to.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's cool to have to go above and beyond at a job that you feel passionate about. So do you remember any specific ones of those that were really, I don't
1: don't think that's how they uh, interpreted it. Oh, realized that I didn't want to do. You know, I was supposed to be helping them design like an app or sell some ads. Oh, okay. Make sure I emailed. You just want to be the funny guy. Whatever press release we had for a live thing, you know, whatever it was, or come up with new video ideas. Instead, I would just come in every day and I'd be like, you know, you hired me to write those jokes. I'm really good at those jokes. Let me write those jokes. Yeah, they were the, like you're just wasting time, right. sir. Was there one that you you, supposed, have to do that you remember
0: else? that was like one of your funniest ones, or?
1: I know the most popular one. Oh, yeah, What's was that? may may none of your real feelings slip out at Thanksgiving dinner or something like that? Okay. that one got shared a lot. Okay. See that I could see on the author profile how many shares I got, and when I oh. left, it was like it was in the billions or something. You know what I mean? That's like hundreds wow. of millions of. Of clicks just on things I posted within a year, so they had a lot of traffic and a lot of um, it, it. It accumulated all these like social shares and stuff. Oh, but, that's really cool. But I know that the all the all the Thanksgiving and Christmas ones broke like a million shares every time if they were even the least bit good. So it was like, it was cool because it was a a crazy huge platform. The platform like people yeah. knew what it was and they wanted jokes, and they wanted the content, and they'd wait for it, and if you posted something that was even sort of good, uh, it got a lot of attention. And then my favorite ones, you know, my favorite ones that didn't get that many shares were like, whatever doesn't kill me makes me fatter, and <laughs> just had this guy eating. Um, <laughs> That's did, good. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, I think the first one I did had something to do with maybe... Maybe all your other Instagram photos of food is the reason that your throwback Thursdays look so good. You fat. A, a lot of them were. I would always send <laughs> That didn't make any sense, but it was worded better whenever I did it. <laughs> and, uh, I would always send the card writers. Um, when I was editing solo and my bosses were not around, I would always write, please send me your saddest and fattest. <laughs> and that's what people would send in. That's good. They would always send me like... like Allison Leiby sent one that said... Uh, you know, I don't cook very much because, uh, whenever I put food in the oven, it's hard for me to get my head in there. And I think
2: <laughs> we may have gotten in
1: trouble. For that one. I mean, like we posted, it. I know we uh, used it. That's
2: uh, good.
1: I don't, I think it's still up there. So, but that was a livey one. And I, I would always write to her and be like, you, you get me, you, that's, you understand.
0: That's great. I like that kind of dark humor. So then you wrote a couple books. Uh, you did end up writing the books that you said you wanted to write. You wrote, uh, One called How Not to Read and then another one called Never Flirt with Puppy Killers. Do you want to talk about the two books that you have?
1: Well, sure. Uh, (laughs) Better Book Titles was a blog. I started sort of right around the time of the onion at my girlfriend at the time. uh, Well, she's my girlfriend still. (laughs) My girlfriend at the time and my girlfriend currently. Okay. (laughs) No, there was no, uh, there was some overlap because we dated the whole time. Okay. Uh, (laughs) She she taught me how to do Photoshop. Okay. Uh, Anya taught me how to do Photoshop and just this really simple thing. You clone stamp over the old title, put a new title on it. And I decided that I hadn't done anything with my, college education which was in classics and creative writing so i studied right. ancient greek and i i read a lot of plays and a lot of books and i just spent college reading basically and i i think i had the thought i i mean i might this might be apocryphal or or i might just be retroactively tagging this on but i do remember having the thought i think unless i'm lying to myself which is often the case uh is I said to myself, you gotta find what's the most important thing to you and make fun of it. Hmm. And for me, okay. reading, I was twenty three and I loved stand up and I loved books and that's it. I studied you know, I basically I went to college to study film and I gave up on it because I loved the the literature professors so much more. I I really dug my heels in uh, trying to, that's not the phrase, but I dug, I put my nose to the grindstone and, and by that I mean in a book with my soft hands that have never done manual labor. And I, uh, I read a lot of books and I just remember thinking, well, this is the most important thing to me and not that many people read, like in my circle of friends, they don't yeah. read novels all the time, but I love novels and I don't even know why, but I, I spent all this time I should make fun of that because it's clearly the most important thing to me. And then I started this blog. Every day, I would just post a different title for an old classic. So, *The Great Gatsby* is "Drink Responsibly." *The Very Hungry Caterpillar* is "Eat Until You Feel Pretty." Uh, *The the Giving Tree* is called "Call Your Mom." They're all just (laughs) right. If you didn't have, and then the joke was like, if you don't have time to read. I'll summarize these for you. So sometimes they were just funny <laughs> oh. summaries of books. Right. And, and a bunch of my friends reached out and they said, this is so funny. Let me send you some. And they would just send me them and I would credit them and, and post them. And then they would share them and by like two months in two months in of doing the blog. It was on just every website because yeah. I didn't realize this at the time. I was just giving people free content. Uh. I didn't even put a, uh, what you got, like? I didn't even put a watermark. Oh, okay. On my work because yeah. I was like, they'll know it's me. They'll know where to find it. I'll be the top thing if you search better book titles. Mm-hmm. And you know, Buzzfeed. Every like once it got on Buzzfeed, oh. it was just everywhere. Right. It was like, uh, and it got so much. Um, it got so much love that then an agent reached out and said, "There's probably a book here. You want to oh. try?" And. Okay. Within that year we we did it. Just so.
0: put compiled it all into a book. Perfect. So, besides the writing Well, that's also... the
1: first one. Yeah, the first one I had to write. Uh, this was back when they said 80% of it has to be new content. So, how oh. not to read is a is the book that I okay. actually spent time writing.
2: Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and
1: the other one is just like a coffee table, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. So, the besides item. Yeah, besides the writing, obviously you did the stand-up um, and then you've done uh, some plays and theater. You, do you do do that in New York?
1: Oh, uh, I've done some acting. I've done, you know, not much in New York. I just did it in college. And I, okay. did it. Uh, I you know, I, I don't know. Why, why do you ask?
0: Oh, I don't, I just I was interested in, uh, I went to New York. That was the f- first time I saw a play, it was like, it seems like there's a really big uh, theater oh. scene there. So I I'd be I that'd just didn't know if you, I just, I heard something that you had done some theater. I don't know if you were still into that or if that was just something you kind of flirted with a little or.
1: Yeah. uh, uh It's like a can of worms okay. now that I, I dare not open, gotcha. but I'm in SAG oh, and uh, cool. I, uh, for a lot of comedians, you pay your bills through commercials. Yeah. And commercial work. And that's sort of the reason, yeah, it's the source of like how often uh, those sag anymore, Mm -hmm. but happy to be in sag, get to go on auditions for movies and stuff like that. But yeah, I did a lot of, uh, when college humor was here before they moved to Los Angeles, right? We, I did a lot of stuff with college humor and I did, I worked with a sketch group for a long time and, I, I don't really write sketch as often as I'd like mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get back into doing that where I'm uh, writing and producing the work rather than trying to like pass it off to a friend and say like, is it funny enough? Yeah. So you would spend yeah. time on this. I got to, got to actually make these
0: right. So like let's clips t- t- that yeah. feature
1: me. So, so I, uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I've done some acting and I've done, you know, the, the thing that got me my SAG card was me reading from my book on
2: oh. IFC, okay. which
1: is really weird. Like it was, I was playing myself, and then they were like, "Well, this is technically SAG, and oh. now you can join."
0: Well, there you go. So going back to the college humor, um, I mean, those videos on YouTube that millions of views. Um, so it looked like you did a couple of them. I don't know. Um, you were kind of. You didn't do the writing on those though. Were you just the acting? Because you were in the Chilean mine, the unreleased Chilean miners I wrote... tape. <sighs> That was a good one.
1: Uh yeah, that's a good one. No, I didn't write any of this. Okay. I I was there as like an extra mile, and then they would just bump me up and give me parts to play and and then I wrote uh some articles for them. Oh, okay. Uh, way back in the day when they were when they were an article-based site. So, uh that was in college. I mean, that was when I was in school. Oh, that's I fun. was pitching stuff to college humor.
0: Where did you go to college? Yeah. In New York or
1: I went to Bard, it's upstate. Okay. Near, uh, it's, uh, it's near Woodstock and Poughkeepsie. Oh, fun. If you know, it's on the, on the Hudson River.
0: Okay, so yeah, so in New York. And then, um, so then when you started stand-up, about, was it was about like nine or 10 years ago. Do you remember the first time you did stand-up? I always, I love those stories because it seems like it either goes one way or the other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember it well. And I have a tape of maybe my third time doing it. I would say the first five shows I did, I murdered. I was so good. Wow. And then I lost all confidence. And and it's been a slow trek to find out how I did that well. And the answer is that a bunch of my friends were in the audience. Oh. <laughs> and I was just talking. That helps. And now it's, um, I need a bunch of strangers and I... I don't know. Uh, my first time was at Bard when I was 18. So mm. I moved, I mean, I I moved into the dorm. I met my friends who I'm still friends with. And none of them knew me as a funny person. And I always thought of mm. myself as a funny person and I always wanted to try it. And I said, I, a great way to do this will be just to, to go up and and do stand-up with no <laughs> no idea what I was doing. And I did like 20 minutes and it was all just stuff about college and the transition from high school to college and all the freshmen that were there connected to it. uh, I thought, and, and, you know, I watch it and I just cringe. It's just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, There's barely any jokes in it, Um, but I am being myself or at least myself for that time. I'm not like putting on airs and that's, nice. So I take that away from it, but it is just 20 minutes of crap.
0: Okay. So, but now, I mean, you, you've been doing it so long. It must be easier now. In fact, you've, uh, you've done all these comedy festivals. What's that like doing the comedy? I've never been to a comedy festival. So what is that like? Is it, are you competing with the other comedians? You try to win like a, like first place or something, or how does that work?
1: Well, first of all, uh, it has not gotten easier at all, it's just gotten harder <laughs> okay. and darker and sadder. Oh. And, every, and it's getting, it's getting worse every day.
2: Uh, I love the positive
0: attitude. I, I think it,
1: <laughs> it's, it's easier for me, certainly, to be comfortable okay, in front yeah. of most crowds. A crowd that's angry already, I know what to do. A crowd mm. that's sleepy, that's usually what you run into. In, in in New York is is a bunch oh. of people that are they're just there they they worked all day they're having a drink on like a Wednesday night and oh. they don't necessarily think you're gonna be funny at all. Hmm. Uh, this is different than in a club. A club is usually they're there they're on vacation they're excited they're drunk right. and and uh, they're ready to hear a joke every ten seconds if you want. Yeah, you want to just feed them. So do you jokes. have do you want to spoon people jokes? Do you ever but do in, like but a, in like a bar? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a little it's dreary.
0: Do you ever do the um alternative comedy scenes? Like do you ever watch that show Crashing where they go to the co- different like uh alternative comedy scenes? He's doing comedy at, like a laundromat and stuff. Is that is that real?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> I think a lot of that comes from Pete's actual experience and and Pete used to have a when I was in school. And and a little bit after I got out of school, Pete was still running Gut Bucket at UCB. And Pete had been on TV, and he was like, he, he didn't have to do it. It was almost like a service to the community. That wow. he would, Gut Bucket, uh, they would pick people out of a hat, but they would at least try to put like some great, they would throw some great people on to try stuff, but they would throw people on that they had never heard of. Because they were like, "What if there's somebody here that wants to do it for the first time?" And so you'd see seven or eight guys or girls go up—girls, guys, girls, women, men—go uh, <laughs> up uh, and and they'd. Uh, some people would do it for the first time at UCB, and it was always a great show. So yeah, I think Pete has a lot of firsthand knowledge of right of that. Scene. So that show is pretty accurate and for people. New other, York, yeah. you yes, it's very <laughs> accurate. Uh, even like the college NACA episode, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's extremely accurate. I think he I think he knows a lot about that, and I don't think there really is a um, again, this uh, you're asking like a really simple question that <laughs> like a, uh, yeah, a, I guess has a simple answer, which is that there is no hard line. Between clubs and an indie, quote unquote indie comedy scene. Okay. Uh, they everybody in New York is a New York comic for the most part. There's people who just do sketch. There's people who just do improv, and the audiences are definitely different. If you uh-huh. go and do a Williamsburg, if you go do an, a Williamsburg show that's hot, uh, it's a bunch of 22 year old kids. Hmm. And if you go into a club that's also hot, uh, it's a bunch of mm, almost 30 to 55, 60 uh, people that are professionals or people who are on vacation. Mm. And like when we did our show at UCB East, which is now closed, uh, we would sell out and 20 of the people would be our regular fan base uh, fan base. I mean uh, our friends who wanted to hang out with us. and get not a shit okay. how the show was going. And then it would be wall-to-wall Australians and Germans.
2: Hmm. And we'd
1: have no idea where they came from. It was clearly the, the club did a good job promoting. Oh. Like, oh, you want to go see a comedy show? Here's a cheap one near your, wherever you're staying. Please come out. You can do it before you go to a Broadway show because sometimes the shows would start as early as 7. Oh. That technically... Like, UCB East, in, in terms of is this establishment or not, they're technically the alt scene, or they okay. were once the alt scene. Now they're really alt because it's closed. So uh, <laughs> okay. the alternative comedy scene is yeah. when the venue closes. Right. So it wasn't like, I feel like the image people have in their minds of like alt comedy versus club comedy is, is somehow like, well, these people all hang out over here. And those people all hang over to Well, it's really like the same 20 blocks and we all run into each other and we all sometimes are at a club and we're sometimes at a bar and sometimes the bar is full of Australian tourists (laughs) and sometimes the club is full of Australian tourists and it's the same show. Yeah, it's a one big mix is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you run into, what other comedians do you run into in New York? I mean, there's a lot of famous comedians there. Do you come across a lot of famous ones? Have you opened for famous people over there or?
1: I uh all right. I opened this year for Patton Oswald, which oh, is a dream. That's and very cool. We did it at the the Beacon Theater, which is like three thousand seats or something. And you know, the most I've performed for is like a. I've opened for people at a club called Hilarities in Cleveland. This is a a perfect club dinner theater club, hmm. and and you can. uh you you know people are eating there you know what I mean mm-hmm. like so sometimes you go up and people are still ordering or they're still you know so you're only really making half the crowd out or you're you're chatting people up and as an opener you're not like the, the headliner really is the star of a club like that sure. Or even at carolines or any of the clubs that came up you know uh so a feeder show uh it was really huge it was really exciting that's very so that's probably cool. the biggest one I've done okay Talk, and Patton was so yeah. nice, and that's yeah, great let's talk exciting. about but um, yeah, I, I really think that if you do sorry, just to answer your other question yeah. <laughs> without you know we don't need to name drop specific people because the answer is that if you move to New York and you do it for even a few years and you have any sense of uh, grit mm-hmm. or you at least are going to work yeah. and show up places, uh, you meet. Just everybody. Wow. So, uh, I've met for better or worse uh, in in awkward circumstances and in fine, friendly circumstances. Pretty much, you know, everyone that I looked up to certainly.
0: What? What do you mean uh, awkward? And everyone houses I listen to. How was it awkward circumstances to meet those people? Like they didn't want to meet you or something? Oh,
1: just that. Oh no, I just think that every interaction with a famous person in new york city whether they know you or not is awkward (laughs) (laughs) not an awkward person but i i saw uh i sat next to chloe Saveny on the train like two days ago and we had met before (laughs) that we had met before and talked and enough that in if if only a year had gone by since that happened i might try to say like oh hi we met at the thing yeah and we're going to ride the train for 10 minutes but because it happened like 5 6 years ago i wasn't about to and i made this dumb the dumb move i always do when i see celebrities uh, anywhere is i look at them for like a full 10 <laughs> seconds because i'm certain <laughs> that i know them yeah and that we like went to school together and then I go like, oh no, that's just uh, that's just Maggie Gyllenhaal. I've never met Maggie Gyllenhaal. Did you see I just Maggie see Gyllenhaal her jogging too? jogging all the time. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, she lives in the slope, I think. Oh, you know, or up in the. I but it was just uh, every time I've seen her multiple times, made full eye contact with her and smiled because I sincerely thought that I knew her, mm. that she was somebody I went to school with, and yeah. then as she passes, I go, God, I did it again. (laughs) So that happened. That's my, that's, you know, and then more than that, like when people are sharing their celeb stories from from, uh, New York, I have many more stories that are just people that I came to New York and I saw them a bunch and we were friendly and then they moved to LA and became like mega famous. So it's more like, a backwards meeting okay. of celebrities. I have a bunch of, so those are the less awkward ones. Can you name like, some oh, of those? Known I'm, this person.
0: I'm curious about those. Who, who was somebody that you were friends with that moved to LA and became mega it famous?
1: Doesn't, it doesn't matter. We've already mentioned a bunch.
0: Oh man. You got me. So you have to tell me off air then. Okay.
1: Um, we'll tell you, I'll tell you, it, I honestly, like aside the only uh, here, I, I'd rather list like I, I've never met Chappelle. Yeah, I've never seen I've never even seen Chappelle live, which is a travesty because he's around a lot, right. um, and I should do it. But uh, aside from that, yeah, it's everybody. Wow. So, do you ever? See and him? I'm not friends with you know. It's there's no reason to like. I'm just saying like, sometimes it's weird, sometimes mm. it's funny, sometimes, yeah. sometimes.
2: And do they stay they, in contact really with you after they become?
1: Yeah. You know, so, but there's no reason yeah. to to. I don't know. And now I feel weird that I'm <laughs> not. But Pete, I knew Pete. That's cool. I knew Kumail. I knew, uh, you know, all these people that are now, and and then the, the the more I list them, you know, the 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 less famous they get, and then you're <laughs> no, but the like so, is gone. Do you so why? Do
0: they stay in touch with you after they become famous, or do they just drop you like a bad habit?
1: Well, uh, everybody who moves to Los Angeles uh, forgets. Um, everybody in New York, which is their Aww, uh, sad. uh dream. No, it's not <laughs> sad. I no, no, nobody drops right. me like a bad habit.
0: No. Okay, that's good. So you guys stay. For, that's cool. So no. getting
1: back to, but uh, that's the reason not to discuss like yeah, yeah, no, no, no. like. Who am I, who am I friends with? And I'm like,
0: uh, <laughs> it's fascinating to no, people I have to average normal to
1: say yeah, about yeah. anybody famous.
0: It's just fascinating to to hear these things for, for just like average people like me. Like I'm not in the show business and like hanging out with all these. So, so it's like interesting to, pe- I know people that live in LA and New York. It's like, ah, eh. my buddy who lived in New York, he said he saw Alan Rickman walking down the street and he's like, eh, no big deal. I'm like, what? Like, I, I'm always like the guy that wants, I'm like that annoying guy that's going to go and ask for a picture. So there you have it, I guess. I don't know. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been to LA? Uh,
1: you should always ask people for pictures. I think it's, it's yeah, I think it's nice. cool. Uh, if Unless they're wearing a dark, if they're wearing a black hat oh, and sunglasses. Okay. You know, the people that, uh, that's this is to go back to your original question that'll make me feel less weird. Is uh, <laughs> that is that at the bookstore, I was much more starstruck uh, oh. than any comedian I've met because comedians, uh, I know them because I've been doing comedy long enough. I yeah. feel like we have something to talk about at least. Uh, but in the bookstore, like Patrick Stewart will walk in and Jeez. just talk to Patrick Stewart about, you know, books. That's pretty <laughs> and, amazing. Uh, That's famous a famous authors walking in. That's more fun mm-hmm. to me. Okay. Um,
0: yeah, that's very cool. So do you ever yeah. see, um, you, when you said uh, awkward meetings, I immediately thought, I don't know why, I thought of Louis CK. Do you, do you ever see him anymore? Is he still doing stand-up? Or I know he had that whole uh, issue and stuff, but then I thought that I'd maybe heard he was coming back.
1: Uh, yeah, he, he comes back. He's gone to the cellar a few times. I don't really, uh, you know, I don't really hang out with him or hang out at the clubs where he hangs out. There's a a great podcast uh, called Tuesdays with Stories. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his old friends, uh, Joe List and Mark Normans, you know, if you ever want to listen, they they chat about um, things that they have post uh, that happening that that CK is still around and a person and, and, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, I always thought he was really yeah. funny. He came to Phoenix. I saw him. So, I love Mark Norman too, by the way. I know I just mentioned him. So, um, but anyway, so getting back yeah, Joe to Yeah, and
1: Mark are really great. I good. just get back Yeah, it's like uh the the I don't it's not gossipy or anything. No. They they're talking about it on a podcast. They're just if you wanted to know more about that, they that they're better. That's good uh, to know. Sources. Okay. Know.
0: Gotcha. Um, but getting back to the sketch comedy that you did, um, tell us about some of these other things because you did a Late Night Republic Funny or Die, which is a big one, uh, an MTV, and then I was trying to find this day I couldn't find it, the Distractify. You said one of the your sketch on, uh, sketches on that ended up on the Today Show. Which one was that? I couldn't find it.
1: Yeah, it was a. Uh, it's called the Santa Lie Detector Test. I wonder if it's still up. Oh, you know the problem with working for the internet is that sometimes they take your stuff down. Really? Uh, but it was, I'll try to find it for you if you want. And I'll, I'll email it to you. Hmm.
0: Um, and which one was funny or, which one was on funny or die? That's a pretty big website.
1: Uh, funny or die. I was working across the street at, at some e-cards and they asked me if I wanted to be in a sketch. And it was a sketch about, I think it was when the uh, yes, college humor, it was like innumerable sketches. I just got called like once or twice a week to go <laughs> do stuff. Uh, Funny or Die was just one sketch. It was a uh, uh, what's that movie called? Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, the okay. In the movie, And Fifty Shades of Grey, they were interviewing people about. It was like a fake ad, like how sexy was that thing? And they they filmed me as if I was some pervert coming out of the theater. <laughs> and uh, which is the role I was born to play. Yeah.
0: Okay. Gotcha. So, um, some of your, so this is where I got to start, uh, not a start. I guess we're gonna almost finish on this, but I got to get to this. Cause this was like the main reason that I reached out to you to do the podcast. So it was like, I think it was like a Wednesday morning. It was like five in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I went, I saw on your Instagram, I followed you and you were, you were doing some of those positive pranks thing. And I was Mm -hmm. laughing so hard. I woke my girlfriend up and then she's like, why why are you waking me up? And then I showed her uh, some of them and then she started laughing really hard. So like, you got to tell me the origin of like how you thought of it. I I think the genius of it for me is that um, so many people that call customer service are so angry and that's usually what those people deal with. And then you just did the opposite. You call these customer service lines and you're overly nice. So like, how did you come up with that idea? And tell me, tell me more about this, because I, I love these positive pranks.
1: Sure. I, I thought about it when I was, I, I had to be like eight years old and looking at a PERT plus bottle. <laughs> and on the back, it said questions or comments. And I remember being in the shower and being like, I wonder if people just call. And they go like, yeah, I washed my hair. It was cool. It was good. good. File that com- file that comment. And I remember thinking that when I was like a little kid, but then it never really came up again until I found this stuff called Alden's, Alden's ice cream. Okay. Uh Alden's ice cream has the best mint chocolate chip I've ever had in my life. It's it's Really? That's it's my favorite out of kind of ice world. cream. If you like mint chocolate I love chip, mint this chocolate is chip. the best one. Okay. Yeah, you do? Yeah, that's my you favorite kind of ice
0: cream. Or, That and peanut butter, uh, chocolate peanut butter, but yeah.
1: Oh, now we're really, now we're getting into something. (laughs) Now we're finally, now we're finally connecting. Uh, Uh. yeah. So I was, it it was like 8 PM Alden's I think is central time, wherever the space is. Right. Is that
0: a national brand? I've never
1: heard of it. I don't think so. I think uh, it's like available in New York and oh, Montana great. or wherever they okay. make it. I, I okay. don't know if it's like everywhere, but Alden's ice cream. Was just I bought it in a little deli. I started to eat it. I told my girlfriend just sitting there, I was like, this is the best. I've never had anything like this. This is the best ice cream. I'm, I am fully endorsing it right now still. I had it like two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, I bought it. I couldn't believe that I found it because they had packaged it differently because it used to have a sad little boy, like a drawing of a sad boy (laughs) on a farm. It was just the dumbest looking ice cream. They changed the whole box. It's like bright green now. It's still so good. But I saw on the side, I was like, comments and questions. And I remembered, you know, I've never called a comment (laughs) or question line. And I was like, I'm just going to call them right now and tell them this is the best ice cream I've ever had. I'll leave a message. I'm sure they have, like, a phone tree or whatever. And I called Alden's Ice Cream. This is how you know they're not a national chain. I called them, and some woman just picked up. Like, hello? (laughs) like didn't say, like, hey, this is Alden's Ice Cream comment line. Like, I just called the switchboard at this office where like literally five people working. Yeah. And uh, I called her, and I was like, hi, I'm just calling. Is this Alden's? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I just love this ice cream. And she could not stop laughing. Like, we were both like wheeze laughing into the phone. <laughs> we're like, uh, uh. Wow. <laughs> and she said, like, do you need to know if there's a place closer to you where they have it? And I was like, no, it's it's next door. I Just keep sending it there. This is great. <laughs> it's just like, I, this has never happened. And wow. I was like, great. I'm glad it finally happened. And then it took like, Two years after that to figure out, oh, I should just record these. Yeah, so you didn't record that one. Tell them.
0: That one is not online then.
1: Oh no. And that no, was no. just okay. a, I'm just I'm telling that was just something that happened in my real yeah. life that I, I wanted to do. So for people who haven't now heard,
0: yeah. They should pause this
2: podcast. Oh now now go, it's
1: more like a as you said earlier, it's more like a Nathan Fielder, like yes. what, what if there was someone who who felt so good about living in corporate America or that's not the word uh, in the, in the consum- consumerist culture in which we live. Right, right. They were just so enamored every product that they ran into, <laughs> but I really do pick things that I bought and felt like, Oh, that was good. Or that was, I did enjoy that. Yeah, I'm no, not no. call it, someplace. It seems legit product it, that I, yeah. I hated.
0: You seem genuine. And then, so the Wendy's one, I think was one of the first ones I watched. that so was really funny. And then I watched the, and again, po- pause this podcast and listen to these other, cause I'm going to spoil them right now. But the jet blue one was like, la- I was laughing so hard, but I think my favorite line from the jet blue one is when you, they offer you a discount and you say, no, I'd rather pay full price. I think you guys deserve it. <laughs> I just, I mean, that was like, yeah. did you think of that before or you just think of that on the spot?
1: Mm, no, I'm just thinking, I'm just talking to them. <laughs> I, uh, there's a there's one recently that I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I said I want to pay full price because they're not. You know, I don't want them to go under. Don't give me a coupon. Make me pay. I'll sign up for that credit card. Nobody never ever takes. turns
0: a discount down. I mean, I've never
1: heard. Yeah, You've got to turn the discount. down. Oh, it
0: was so great.
1: I, I, just uh, the the most recent one because someone asked me like, oh, did you plan that? beforehand yeah. is I called Starbucks and told them yes. I knew going in that I was going to say, Hey, I spent the day at Starbucks and I was going to say like, I drank way too much coffee and then I wrote my manifesto. That's what I was going to say. Um,
2: <laughs> that's <this>, that's kind <laughs> of scary.
1: scary. I was like, I don't know. That's going to freak them out or something. Cause so I was like, Hey, what's up? I, I just had some coffee at Starbucks and then I started writing my novel and she was like, that's great. And I was like, yeah, and then in the moment it was just like, I can I can send it to you if you want, <laughs> and thinking that she right. would just be like, oh no, that's okay, or or yeah. oh send you know send, here's my personal email, like whatever she was going to say it was just in the moment, and then I just started making up a story.
2: <laughs> yes, she,
1: it, it, I'm laughing at it because <laughs> it is like a genuine moment between me and this uh, and this woman who's the operator yeah. there, the customer service rep. Who who seems to be getting into the story, and I was so I was really proud. And then as soon as we got off the phone, I wrote the pitch and sent it to Starbucks, and they got back to me. So please go yeah, look at that. I saw on that. My,
0: no, I love it. You can listen
1: to the whole clip, and then yeah. yeah,
0: it's about a ghost that works at Starbucks. And one of the titles, this was my favorite, was the "You're gonna call it the Boo Rista." <laughs> the Boo Rista instead of the Bar the Barista, the Boo Rista, because it's about a ghost who falls in love. And then they wrote back to you, and they said. We love it because it's about love yeah. and happiness. So, yeah, that was kind of neat.
2: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and then you have uh, the other thing that kind of goes back to like what your, other, your book was about with the, the book titles. You, now you have this thing where you, you take a movie line, like a famous movie line, and then you add it to a different movie. So, like the one that made me, that I liked, uh, made me laugh really hard was uh, I Feel the Need. The need for speed, but that's like a line from Top Gun, but you put it on a picture uh, of the movie Requiem for a Dream, which is about a woman who gets a, yeah, uh, addicted to, to speed. speed. So <laughs> that was good. And then the other one, there was one of, uh, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat, which is a line from Jaws, but you put it on the picture of the uh, Titanic. <laughs> and then the, the other yeah. one that I... Yeah, that
1: it's actually, it's actually, I looked it up and it's, you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, and I, I really and feel that I have to uh, flagellate myself to close to the enough. film, close the cinephile. Yeah.
0: And then the, the other one that I liked was the, I mean, there's a bunch of them. They're all really good. The, these are ones that stood out was the, it's the picture of that girl levitating in the bed above the, in the exorcist. And then you use, <laughs> you use the line from when Harry met Sally that I'll have what she's having. Like these are, those are great. So keep those coming as well. Are you going to, you're going to continue those ones and the positive pranks.
1: Oh yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll keep doing those as, as as much as p- people have started to send them in my friends have started to text me yeah. uh my friend jake curry and i came up with that while we were at Semi cards and oh, okay. and made it a tumblr i think
2: oh, okay and yeah. then
1: since i think uh okay. cards at some point took it down and so i don't think they care anyway oh. uh and, <laughs> and so we had like i was just looking for more stuff to to sort of populate my instagram with because i I didn't have a lot of stuff up. I was just oh, trying okay. to post as many videos as possible. And, and so I was like, I know I made some kind of memes yeah. while I was at my desk job. Oh. I'll go back and find a couple of those. And I just posted like three or four and my friends got back to me and they're like, these are great. Like they're really good. So you should send more. Yeah. And so I just started writing them. No, for Those day. are
2: great. You and know, then, once
1: you yeah. come up with a, if you're trying to make like a good meme, mm-hmm. uh, it's really that first week when you come up with it, that you can come up with like hundreds mm, and right. yeah. No, your you Instagram know, is great. Titles, now. You've got, man, yeah, like,
0: you've got that. And you've got the, uh, the Cleveland Browns joke. I love the NBA jams joke. I love the farmer's daughter that I mentioned earlier. Um, I had a question about this though. So do you, are you still doing uh you mentioned that you do percussion, it, what you play the drums or what, what percussion instrument do you play? <laughs>
1: i i mentioned it on my resume oh, oh my, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah so i was curious about it. i was like i, I mean it's, just, it's a deep dive man
2: yeah <laughs> i didn't see any- I, i'm only
1: laughing because like i put it on there because when you're an actor you have to tell them everything from i can drive stick to i have a i a saw that yeah passport that's right. valid i saw that i have a Cause they need to know if you can leave the country on a dime. They need to know uh, if you can drive uh, an, uh, a manual car and they need to know if you can do stuff like swim or play guitar, which now I'm, I'm pretty uh, I'm, I'm still maybe a novice, but I can, I could fake my way through any guitar song. Okay. I'm pretty decent. I know all the chords. That's good. And uh, yeah, I can play a couple tunes but drums, yeah, I played drums for like a decade, so wow. I, uh, I can not, still drum. You're not in any sure. bands
0: now, though? Are you kind of retired that? or?
1: Yeah, I mean, as soon as I moved to New York, I'm not going to have a... Gotcha. I guess I could get an electric drum set, but yeah. I'd have to get a studio. Oh, I, they sure, would not yeah. like it.
0: No, that's because of the space thing again. So do you have anything, else, other upcoming things in the works, like stand-up books or TV projects? So, I know you have a podcast, but... I don't know if that's still going.
1: Yeah, the podcast, I had a podcast about movies still up with uh, Bob Schneider, my friend who's a screenwriter. And it's, I just talked to an old man about his favorite movies, but we, we <laughs> put it on hiatus at least okay. for now. Yeah. And, um, but it's still up if you want to look yeah, through it. the Million Dollar and Movies. Million dollar so movies, cool. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, cool. And so, anything else in the works that's uh, that we can look forward to seeing?
1: I'm just gonna be doing stand up for cool. the foreseeable future. All right. And uh, other people's podcasts, and then I'm gonna, Persons. you know, I'm supposed to be pitching books and pitching scripts and uh, all cool. that other stuff. Okay, cool. So it is, it is adjacent to stand up, but they right. make you do it. So that, uh, and by they make you do it, I mean, um, I'm going to starve if I don't.
0: Sell <laughs> gotcha. Something. So speaking of other people's podcast, I know I did listen to your recent episode about, uh, it was on a, another podcast called Spir- spiraling up. And so you got like, you guys got into mm-hmm. like some, uh, really deep stuff about like depression. And I don't want to go too deep into that because there's a, that whole episode that talks all about that. But, um, I mean, it, it sounds like you've kind of dealt with that a little bit in your life and you since you were a teenager really. So, I mean, how is that, uh, have you like kind of maybe used the pain from that depression in your comedy or how, or has the comedy helped your depression or how does that uh, go back and forth there?
1: Uh, I'd say everything I've ever tried to do has just been a patch on a tire of depression. So, Maybe not. I, I guess drums, I was probably forced by my parents to pick an instrument mm. or pick a sport. Uh, they didn't necessarily push me one way or the other, but everything that I have tried to do was sort of an anxious reach to cover the hole that, you know, for my <laughs> 20s, I spent covering it with, like, alcohol and coffee all the time and <laughs> okay. weed. Right. And, uh, you know, I smoked a lot of pot in my 20s. Um, and then you wake up at 30 and you realize that you've been sad the whole time. And uh, and when you really try to dig deep and figure out when it started, it's for me it was like, yeah, puberty. And we spent a long time on that podcast just sort yeah. of picking apart why um, I get so excited about trying any new thing. I'm
2: mm-hmm. going to get
1: so excited. This is the thing that will change me. This you know i remember buying a uh, here's an example that i didn't talk about on the podcast it's like i bought a love sack which is like an adult beanbag chair sure that like that that's super comfortable it's like a gaming chair that mm. ooh, like feels really good to sink into and i bought it like on new year's day you know 5 6 years ago and it was like the most exciting like it, it became like a part of my personality for a month and then like <laughs> A month into that, even though it has a, a lifetime guarantee, lovesack, uh, I was like, well, I hate this thing now. Like, I actively <laughs> hate it. What? Like, it's making me lazy. It's hard to get in and out of. It's like, I, I I don't like it. And then we kept moving it from apartment to apartment, and finally it was, it's like we vacuum sealed it, and it's in the closet, and it only comes out, like, sort of dead of winter when nothing else is going on <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> because it
1: is, like, it is the seat of depression. I yeah. just like, wow. I'm going to be sad and Andy and watch an entire season of, uh, Dexter, which is what <laughs> I did when I first got it. That's how long ago this was. Wow. Um, then, yeah.
0: Okay. Then,
1: so uh, just getting that, excited yeah, about I, things. So I'm just then... trying to think of a, if you listen to that podcast, you'll yeah. hear me. Talk
0: no, no, no. About, uh, I did listen to that. What time. I
1: did to fix it. But Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah.
1: to, wait I do want to answer your question uh, oh. so there's no so I'm really clear about it okay uh, it all you have to do I think this is true of any art is to love the form and do it all the time so if you love stand up and you watch it all the time and you're starting to have your own thoughts about stand-up etc or writing if you read a lot you want to write mm-hmm. uh, it just takes practice like anything else it just mm. takes a lot of stick Stick to mm-hmm. that's the phrase. And I don't think depression or really any kind of mental illness, aside from maybe mania, <laughs> uh, <laughs> really helps you get anything no. done.
2: Right. No, I think totally.
1: that dipping into the well of sadness that we all have and being able to confront it and be honest about it is helpful. Mm-hmm. And if you never, but if you never felt those things, right. it's more important to be honest and not try to force yourself in you know, because if you close the curtains and and live in solitary confinement that you made yourself, uh and and eat cheese and Snickers all day, you will make yourself depressed. Right. You you you're able to do it mm-hmm. like chemically and emotionally. You will you can find a way to make yourself sad. So I never try to romanticize sadness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh except to say, I would say What's been really great is post therapy, post drugs, all this stuff, is that um, it's still there. You know, it's mm-hmm. still like, and I still get frustrated or angry or sad uh, depending on the day. But if I'm trying to write a joke and I know I want to spend like a couple hours writing and a couple hours thinking about something and walking around, et cetera, uh, I can do that work and come to the well of sadness and and dip into it whenever I feel like Hmm. Uh, it's like a, like a superpower. Like this is how I know how deep the well is and how sad the diving down into it is. I'm not going to do that. I'll just dip this bucket in now Ah, and remember, Oh, this is something I did when I was sad. Yeah. And I think here's how I know when I'm feeling better. Here's how I know when I'm feeling worse.
0: And that makes uh, your comedy, all of that's
1: still there if you're a sad person,
0: yeah, and that makes your comedy relatable because they're real feelings, and uh, you know everybody whether people are depressed or not, everyone's felt sad or angry or frustrated, like you said, so that's great um, so your homework was to think of a charity or a cause that you're passionate about. did you have something that you wanted to talk about here?
1: Yes, I have always supported and'm very public about. Uh, supporting the Bard Prison Initiative which is a uh, an organization I used to teach uh, in I used to uh, go teach GED classes in a prison in Hudson New wow. York and uh, they just did a. I think it's either Ken Burns or his somebody just did a documentary about it oh, um, huh. called college behind bars I believe is the title you can find out even more about it but yeah. the students at bard uh were sort of enlisted to go teach and um for a while i think the governor was behind it and then he sort of backed off but it's a, mm. it doesn't matter because it is an apolitical organization it's just it's just going in telling uh teaching students you know a lot of a lot of these students were people who were my age that just had just grew up in a different space
0: made a
2: bad decision, and so
1: yeah. I was, yeah, maybe made a bad decision or, or just like I, when I was 20, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Yeah. And I was in college and they're all 20 also. Right. And I'm teaching them math I learned in high school so they can pass a high school test. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it's, a it's not only is it, Um, was it good for me to do that Mm. it's it's just like they've done all these studies where just 97% of the students who actually get their diplomas while they're in in jail like they they don't have any cases of recidivism wow that's great it's like three, three out of the 100 students, uh, go back to jail. Jeez. So it, that's a good if percentage. you care, uh, yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. That's really good. That's a, that sounds like a great organization. So you'll yeah, have to check out that documentary yeah. too. That sounds great.
2: Yeah. Well, you should check it out.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you've done so many things. I mean, you've had all these viral things, uh, um, you know, college humor and the e-cards and funny or die, all this stuff. And now you're doing stand up. You've, I mean, you've done so many things, I'm excited to see uh, what else comes next. I, I'm looking forward to more positive pranks for sure and uh, more stand up clips. Oh, sure. So people can find you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right? YouTube, YouTube. You've got a YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I got I'm a missing?
1: YouTube channel. Uh, I have a website. If you're looking oh, your for website, all that yeah. in one spot, That's right. and yeah. you can reach out and just Dan Wilber, tell un- me you love this it? podcast. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It? Dan, Wilber, Dan, Wilber. Com, Dan, where Wilber. you can find
1: Easy. those clips and you can find links to my Instagram and Twitter, et cetera.
0: Great. Well, I'm excited to follow your career. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to promote or say,
1: you know, just, uh, <laughs> be yourselves be yourselves out there folks
0: okay that's good
1: advice i like that thanks this was a lot of fun
0: yeah it was a lot it was really interesting yeah you're i think you're a really funny guy i think people should definitely check out your instagram i don't know. maybe i'm a weirdo but i just i laugh really hard at those positive pranks and i like your stand-up too so i'm excited for more okay all right thanks dan so much okay so that was dan Wilbur, comedian writer uh actor extraordinaire so check out his instagram and social media stuff his website he's a funny guy see him if you're in the new york area or if he's check us he might have tour dates uh and um also check out my other episodes of my podcast uh the like 12 episodes of the chuck shoot podcast i also have the uh, chuck and josh podcast and again i was also an a guest on the josh and friends podcast so check all those out until next time i will see you later